Welcome to the Esports Coaching Essentials Podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help level up your career and business. Powered by Coachify.gg, providing all of the tools you need to run your esports coaching business. Track your students, inspire them to succeed, and turn your passion into profit. Sign up for free today. Today, I'm interviewing Alex Gunnarsson, currently a League of Legends coach for Marywood University and the Cloud9 Training Grounds, and is also an XP League commissioner at the Midlothian, Virginia location. Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Josh. So first, let's uh, hear your background. How did you get into esports? Yeah, so um, I played basketball most of my life. And uh, for those of you listening in, you probably can't tell, but I'm not like 6'5", 250 pounds. I didn't grow (laughs) up into an NBA body. And I'm also kind of lucky too, where I feel like I figured that out pretty early on in life. Like some people, Mm. you know, everyone hits that wall at some point where you realize like, hey, I might not be able to make it pro. Um, So pretty early on, like honestly, like high school, I kind of started to be like, I'm going to be a coach. I feel like not many high schoolers like want to be a coach. They want to be a player. They want to be in the scene. Uh, But yeah, so I've always kind of wanted to be a coach. Um, Going into college, I found League of Legends as my competitive outlet. Gave me the opportunity to kind of keep on competing where I couldn't really keep up in basketball anymore. Uh, From there, I took a couple years off. I did some casual work, tournament organizing. Eventually, as the esports industry grew, I was able to get a full-time job at Randolph Macon College. Uh, I was the director of esports there. Nice. Did it all. They had, I believe, like nine different teams across six different games. Um, So I really got a lot of experience. And it's cool to take different games and like learning the concepts behind each of them and connecting them where a lot of people might not see the connections between a lot of these games. So I was able to learn a lot. Um, and then from there, I transitioned to more of a part-time role. Um, you know, director of esports, anyone listening know that it's a very, <laughs> very long job. Yep. A lot of commitment. Uh, I'm going into my later twenties. Now I wanted to slow down a little bit, got a full-time desk job. Uh, working from home every other day, love the work-life balance, uh, but still maintaining some esports coaching on the side part-time. So that's where I picked up a bunch of different things. You heard uh, Cloud9 Training Grounds, Marywood University, uh, XP League, um, just kind of bouncing around, uh, staying as much involved as I can. Awesome. That's so fascinating that, you know, you graduated college and didn't really go directly into esports, but then after a couple of years, you were able to make the jump straight into uh, esports director at a college. So how did, how did that happen? Yeah, I, I guess I'll definitely say it wasn't without trying. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> came out of college. A couple of my uh, peers in college actually got jobs at like Blizzard and Riot. And like at that point, I'd never mm. really thought about an esports career, but to see them do it, I was like, okay, maybe it's possible. So I sent out some applications as well. I wasn't as lucky. I didn't have quite the resume they did. Um, That's where I was able to get a few jobs. I think my big break for me was when I got a management job at Amazon, working in one of their warehouses. I feel like that leadership, putting that on my resume, really was the difference maker to get a lot more attention from these colleges um, and getting me into that position. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense though, honestly, because that's the thing, like I always have to tell people that are interested in going into the academic side of things, like, you know, they care, maybe not less, but it's not as a heavy emphasis that like, oh, you're this standout player, or, you know, you've led a team to a title, like those things are important. But especially for the college level, like they care about like, have you like, managed people professionally? Are you going to be able to, you know, run the program and do the, you know, thousand different things that an esports director is responsible for? So that's definitely a, a good, good non-esports stepping stone. Absolutely. So then you decided to take a step back 
um, from that. So yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit more because I'm sure lots of people listening are very interested in kind of an esports director role out of college. So why don't you just like fill us in? What was your kind of day to day like, and what you know really drove that decision to take a step back? Uh, so I will say working for a school is incredible. Like they've got amazing benefits. Um, you know, like I wouldn't say summer's off and like winter break's off because you can like so many holidays for sure. It's definitely like slower times where mm-hmm. you're kind of going 110% during the school year and then like 90% during the summers and off seasons. Maybe even less than that. I definitely worked, uh, my directorship was during the pandemic. So that was a very unique situation for sure. Um, but the day-to-day, I worked probably, so it, it changed a little bit. I started off, I think my first month or two, I went into the office at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and got out of there at like 10 p.m. And I was like, okay, this <laughs> is not going to work. I found that out pretty quickly. So I started going in at um, noon um, and I started going in at 4 p.m. So what it ended up being was around, because the, the, you know, you got to figure it out. Like also, I can't look to anyone. I can't be like, okay, what do I do as a director of esports? I'm one of the first directors of esports. There's not many veterans out there. Now yep. we're getting to a point where people are starting to figure it out. But the niche that I found most successful was working like 4 to 10 p.m., um, maybe sometimes later, you know, if we had a game that rained late, uh, six days a week. Um, so I would get Saturdays off and I, there were still some Saturdays I had to come in for recruitment events. So there were definitely times where I worked seven days a week, but uh, mixing it up that way, uh, I found the healthiest balance to be able to maintain throughout an entire year. Cause otherwise you can get burned out. And I definitely noticed that in my first couple of years, like getting burned out by the end of the semester. It's not just the players, uh, the coaches and directors definitely can as well. Yeah. Talk about a little more about the recruiting, because I know that's the primary thing, you know, when a college administrator is looking at the different programs, if you can point to and say like, hey, I caused these 10 students to come here when they would have gone somewhere else solely because of the esports program, like that can be very impactful, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So a couple of things. So a lot of administration don't really understand esports as well. They just Mm kind of like throw money at it and say like, get recruits for us. Um, one of the biggest barriers is definitely like scholarship money. Um, so that's the two number one questions I got from recruits was what rank is the team and how much scholarship mm-hmm. are you offering? Like, and a lot of, I had 90% of my conversations ended there. Uh, Cause one, we didn't have that high ranked team still brand new program. Uh, like, so you need to develop from within, like, I'm not going to get a diamond recruit with a silver team. Like that's just, I mean, maybe yeah. like sometimes if you get like a local kid, you get lucky, but the best way to get top recruits is to develop the talent you already have. And then when they see that they can come. Scholarship money, you may not have as much control over. Um, and I know that's a big thing, um, but yeah, like I really push for academic scholarship, uh, getting them accepted into the college was definitely a big thing. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think those are the two barriers. I could definitely talk about recruitment for an hour, <laughs> but uh, I'll leave it at that for now. Maybe we'll set that up as a separate podcast. Great yeah, topic. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, so what were some, you've already talked a little bit about, especially with the management job at Amazon, what were some other important breakthroughs on your journey? That's a good question. So that was definitely the biggest one. Um, another big one I got. So right out of college, um, I was able to be a tournament organizer at Collegiate Star League, which at the time was like kind of the collegiate yeah. esports league. Uh, it was very, a lot of people may not have heard of it. Uh, it's definitely changed a lot over the last couple of years, but back then that was like all we had. And the cool thing about that was with one league, you've got top teams against like bottom teams, like everyone's all in the same place. There's no divisions. There's no any of that. Um, but so I was able to compete for them in four years at college. I was able to apply just like, hey, I'd love an opportunity to work for you guys. Um, they paid me $500 a semester and I worked 
so many hours <laughs> so it's almost like not 25 paid, cents an hour yep yeah i know like for sure um but like the fact that i was getting paid i feel like is miraculous um so it was cool that i wasn't just working for free where i feel like in college uh working at the esports club uh, it was a lot of hours just working for free yep yeah it's it's rough because you know it definitely creates the situation where you have to have at least a certain amount of safety net or, you know, privilege to be able to work for free on these things. Um, but yeah, it's definitely great to hear that, you know, you were at least able to get, you know, a little bit of a paying opportunity, which means, you know, the scene is starting to mature a little bit more and creating more opportunities for other people. For sure. So what would you say your personal style of coaching is? Um, so I'm very supportive. Uh, one of my mentors, Dean McGee at Randolph-Macon College, he was the assistant dean of students. He's got 15 years of student development experience. So, you know, I'm coming in, no student development experience, all esports. I'm the gamer guy. Um, but he understood how to work with students and how to develop students. Um, and the big concept he preached to me that I've really stuck with is the balance of challenge and support. Uh, you need to be able to challenge your students to grow, um, but you also need to support them so they don't burn out. And I know that's yeah. very important. Um, a lot of my experience coming at the collegiate level, and you could really kind of argue anywhere, life is challenging, especially <laughs> college students. Like there is a lot of challenges happening. So I really push for my teams and my programs to be a very supportive community. Um, like I need that balance because if you just add more challenge on top of them, I've seen a lot of players burn out. Um, so by being more supportive, you know, you don't need to like pick out every single mistake that someone's making. Mm -hmm. um, I've definitely like, you know, I've, so here's the thing. I've tried a lot of different styles. Um, I remember my, my first couple of years of coaching, I was a different guy every single week, but I really kind of came <laughs> into my style. Um, and I, yeah, I'm not the kind of person to point out every single mistake, uh, pointing out every positive thing, being very supportive, helping them as much as I can, um, taking some easy practices whenever we need to, um, and just cre creating a light environment. And I think that's really helped the mental for people to relax and really enjoy the game and enjoy esports. And I think that's a great motivator. Awesome. Do you think that was important that you tried doing a lot of different styles or do you think it would have maybe turned out a little bit better if you had settled into your stop and you know, your final style right away? Yeah, I definitely wish I knew uh, immediately a big, that's definitely something I learned from Amazon. Uh, that's a really cool concept they have over there is they are not afraid to make mistakes. They're constantly trying new things and not everything works. I feel like Apple also does that a lot. Like they're constantly like releasing things that like some things work, some things don't, um, they're, but they're always just trying new things. And I've really kind of maintained that philosophy of not being able to you know, make mistakes. And I definitely did that with my most recent uh, job at Marywood um, in the fall. We lost every single game, Oof. but we tried. Well, so, yeah, we came <laughs> in, it was rough. Like we, they lost every single game the previous year before I came as well. So we knew it was going to be tough. So, but mm -hmm. that semester we tried so many different strategies, we tried different roles, different champions, like whatever we could. Uh, League of Legends coach, by the way, in case I didn't mention that. Um, I, I do a couple other games as well, but just so everyone's on the same page. Uh, but yeah, so just trying new things. And then we came back in the spring. We knew what we wanted to do. We knew our style. We knew what our strengths, mm -hmm. our weaknesses, and we actually made the playoffs. Nice, man. Fantastic turnaround. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Yeah. I, it's, it's one of those things where it's kind of like such a broad question that can be applied to so many things outside of esports of like trying different ways, trying different styles you know, don't just automatically settle into, you know, what you think is expected, because honestly, that's probably the worst one. Um, and then, you know, finding the one that you feel comfortable with and making it work for you uh, can be very powerful. Yeah, <laughs> Turn, like this turnaround. For sure. I, I think one of my big things is I like one of my, I don't want to say regrets, 
more and I still wish I have and I'm still like seeking out is uh, mentors like uh, being coached. I remember one of the interviews I've had, they asked me about my coaches um, because mm -hmm. the great coaches have had great coaches. Um, so just, I haven't really been coached as much since like high school basketball. Um, so like finding those mentors and finding people that you can kind of pull things from and like take some of their style, to some of their style to find your style and your identity is a big thing. And that's where I've kind of, I've been kind of like reading books, watching yeah. videos. I'm just trying to learn as much as I can from other coaches to create my own identity and style. Coaching coaches. I'm here for it. Yes. <laughs> so what would you say, you know, especially in that kind of, uh, stream of thought, you know, what's the most important thing for an esports coach to learn or to know how to do? So this might be kind of a broad answer, but and I'll, I'll try to go a little bit more into detail with it without ranting for an hour. Um, but leadership, I think that's a big difference with a lot of esports coaches right now, and it's getting better for sure. But how it's evolving, a lot of esports coaches are just players that are really good at the game uh, that have just kind of moved on from yep. playing. So they know a lot about the game. They are absolute experts. Uh, but learning that student development that I talked about, um, just like how to work with players, conflict resolution, being like a leader, like that leadership is like such an important quality to have. And you saw it for me. That's what was the difference maker to get me into the field was that leadership experience. And to go a little bit more into detail, to be more specific, because I know leadership, another hour long podcast I'm looking forward <laughs> to, but um, <laughs> motivation, like how to motivate players and get the most out of players is definitely huge because, you know, they've got a million other things. I've had so many students where esports is not their number one priority, like for, mm -hmm. for sure, like school should be the number one priority, like for all yeah. of us, everyone. And then I'll uh, like some of them did other sports, like the swim team, like they got other clubs, like esports could be like their third or fourth thing they're, they're doing in the, on their priority list. So it's just being able to motivate those kind of players um, and get the most out of them is a great quality to have. Nice. Yeah. That's something really to keep in mind too. I mean, there's, there's definitely some programs out there, you know, that they have like recruited the highest, you know, ranked players that they can. And, you know, that is their sole focus. Like they're, they're basically like a division one basketball player that's, you know, trying to make it pro, but for the majority of schools where the students are kind of, you know, you're still competitive, right? And like, you're wanting to be competitive, but yeah, like you talked about, they have the different priorities. Yeah. That's, that's really important. Man, we're so, getting so many uh, great uh, bits of information here for anyone that's trying to become a, a esports director at school. This is awesome. Um, cool. So next, you know, what would you have done differently? Maybe, you know, looking back over your career. That's a good question. Cause I know, I know I talked about a little bit like with the mentorship. Um, but another thing I would say with that is not being afraid. How do I word this? Um, I don't need to be liked. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, I feel like a lot of young coaches and like me, I'm like, okay, let me, I'm not trying to put this on anyone else. This is myself. Um, <laughs> like another one of my big sayings is if you don't like look back at your younger self and cringe, you're not growing as a person. And ah. I definitely have a lot of cringe. I, I okay. cringe a lot when I think back to my old ways. Um, so just like, you know, being a little bit tougher and not being so afraid of what people think of you. I will say that was definitely one of my mentalities with being a full-time versus part-time. So when you're full-time, I dropped everything and moved across the country for this full-time yeah. job. So if they don't like me and like something's not going right and I lose my job, there's a lot of pressure there. And I understand that for sure. Or with the part-time, you know, it's it's my side hobby. If I lost it, like, you know, it's not as important. I can try to get another one um, where you can just focus on being a good coach and just yeah. doing what you need to do, not worrying about if they like you or not, um, and just doing the job right, um, I feel like is definitely something I wish I figured out sooner. I'm still mm -hmm. figuring out for sure. Yeah, this sounds like really kind of ties into the self-confidence aspect as well. 
yeah. uh, just, you know, being, you know, certain of yourself. So, uh, so, you know, especially you mentioned talking about like, you know, finding mentors, you know, reading books, you know, are there any other suggestions you have or the uh, things that you do to improve yourself? Um, those are the big things. I think like networking, like what, like, yeah, just experiencing other coaches. That's what I love with like crowd cloud nine training grounds is like, it's more mm. of a network than anything where I get to like watch mm. other coaches coach and like be involved with other coaches, talk to other coaches. I know coach Antor does a great job bringing coaches together and just like talking and yeah, just getting that shared experience. Cause I really believe coaching is like 110% experience based. So you can only experience so much. You have to just get that collective experience from everyone else because every team's different. Every situation's different. So just as much experience as you can get learning from other people, it really helps a lot. Nice. I would expect no less of the best esports team in the entire world. And I say yeah. that with absolutely zero bias. Uh, <laughs> So then, you know, what's the most important piece of advice you would give a new coach? Let's see. Because, yeah, I know we've talked a lot of, we've given a lot of advice so far, but I'm trying to think mm -hmm. of like where what's a new one? coach is, yeah, a, where a new coach is different than like a, maybe a veteran coach might need something. Um, let's see. Yeah, I mean, I already kind of gave it away, I think, with uh, just not being afraid of what people think of you. Um, I'll tell a story of at Randolph Lincoln College, you're not allowed to eat in the arena. And I had a student that was just eating in the arena, like blatantly in front of me, just did not care. Like everyone's very aware of the rules. Um, and I said, put it away. And they didn't. They're like, I'm almost done. I just need a couple more bites. I'm like, put it away. Um, and they continued to finish the entire meal in front of me in the arena where they know they're not allowed to. Um, and I really wish I stood up for myself and just kicked them out of the arena. It was the kind of situation where they were subbing in for a team for a game that day. And if I kicked them out, the team would have had a forfeit. And I didn't want to put that on the rest of the team. But yeah, yeah like those little ticky tack things like here and there, uh, it'll stick with you. Like it, you'll look back and really regret the stuff. But I really want to emphasize to all these new coaches, like if you're not looking back and cringing, you're not growing as a person. So you're going to have those cringy things. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. And I think you're going to grow for sure as a coach. Awesome. So especially with, you know, working all these different kind of part-time esports related jobs, you know, what are your future plans? Are you trying to get back to esports full-time? Are you kind of happy the way things are going? Do you have like a target that you're moving towards? Yeah, I guess I'm not fully sure at this point. I'm definitely keeping my options open. I've been like looking for some full-time opportunities. Um, it would take a lot to get me to go back to full-time, <laughs> um, which I like. I don't believe those options are really out there right now. I'd really want to push for a D1 school because uh, mm -hmm. I feel like it's a much different mentality uh, where at D3 schools, you kind of like take what you can get. Where with D1, yeah. you have a little bit more selectivity of your players. And I really believe that's one of my strengths as a coach being able to discover talent and like find talent um, so I can like kind of put the pieces together to make the best team rather than just having what I got and just making the best of it. Um, so I'm keeping my options open, but I, I'm definitely loving my situation right now of having a full-time desk job and then doing esports on the side. Yeah. Work-life balance. It's still important. Yes. yes. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Alex. Uh, it was a real pleasure to chat with you. Where can people Absolutely. find you online if they want to connect? 
Yeah, I know. I haven't really been much of a social media guy. I, I did a lot at Randolph-Macon, but I have really fallen off. So I don't have any social medias right now, but just on LinkedIn, you can find me at Alex Gunnarsson. Um, reach out, like try to, if you reach out to me on LinkedIn and ask for my Discord, add me on Discord. I'd love to talk. You guys can hear me ranting and ranting all day long um, about esports coaching. So please reach out to me. Um, I'd love to talk coaching with you. If you have any dilemmas or situations with your team, I'd love to talk it through with you. I'd love to talk, you know, I haven't got my own dilemmas and I've got my network of coaches. Whenever I have a problem, I reach out to them and be like, hey, what would you do in this situation? Um, so build that network with me. Add me on LinkedIn at Alex Gunnarsson. Awesome. We'll put your uh, profile link there in the show notes. Sounds like we've got a whole slew of content lined up now, uh, leadership and other various rants. So can't wait to get to that. Gonna awesome. hold you to it. And otherwise, have a good rest. Have a good day. Thank you, Josh. Bye.